This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. want to welcome everyone that's tuned into Radio K Pulpit. I, all, I hope you all had a wonderful week. This is Alana Ulifir with my program called Body Matters and I will be your host for the next hour. Normally, as I, I say, I normally have some guests in the studio, but today, unfortunately, I don't. And I am going to chat about a topic about what does the word of God say about love? And I just felt so strongly on my heart, you know, that love is the foundation of everything. So I want to start off um, this program by just reading to you 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. What is love? So according to the word of God, it says that love is patient, love is kind, It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it does not, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, it says love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes and it always preserves. It says love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will easily pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. When I became a man, I put off the ways of childhood behind me for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror then we shall see face to face now I know in part then I shall now know fully even as I am fully known and these three things remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love now let's focus on love love is so important. You know, there is no greater love story. If I think about love and I think about the greatest love story, we think of the cross. You know, we think of God, what he had done, given his only son, Jesus, so that none of us would perish, but all of us would have eternal life. If I think about love coming from God, it's such a self-sacrificial love. You know, we can't fully comprehend on this earth, what love really is. You know, the word of God says that God is love. He is love. And, you know, one day I believe that when we are in eternity, we'll be able to understand and fully comprehend that love. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that is in John fifteen thirteen, and I love it so much. It's so beautiful. It says the greater love as no one than this, that one should lay down his life for his friend. And I think it's so beautiful. And we, when we really think about it, that is what Jesus did for us. You know, love is the foundation of kingdom living. You know, as Christians, we should do, we should 
should be motivated. Everything we do should be motivated by love. Every other kingdom principle should be built on the principle of love. Everything that we do should come from the perspective of love, should come out of, a, out of our hearts, a heart of love. And if I read 1 Corinthians 13, 3 and 8, it says, if I speak in tongues, and I'm just repeating what I read earlier on, of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have gifts of prophecy and can phantom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. You see, love is one of the fruits of the Spirit and probably one of the most important fruits any Christian could display because love has eternal value. And again, in 1 Corinthians thirteen thirteen, it says, Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You see, when we're on heaven, there'll be no need to have faith or hope. But you know what? The one thing that we will still be required to do, and that is to love one another. So let's just take a short music break, and then we can touch on the the significance of the greatest commandment, and that is love. Welcome back to Radio K Pulpit. This is Alana Willyfear, and you've just tuned into my program called Body Matters. And today I'm chatting about the importance of love. What does the Word of God say about love? And if we really think about love, the foundation of everything in our Christian walk is love. Love is the most important of it all. So the word of God says um, that love is one of the greatest commandments. So one of the greatest commandments the Lord had given us is to love God and one another. And I want to read in John thirteen thirty four, which says, A new commandment I give unto you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. So why is it called the new commandment? You know, one of the reasons is, is that it does not fall under the law. You know, love falls under grace, under the grace of God. The law never required anyone to love, but was defined by rules and works. You see, without the Spirit of God inside of us, we are unable to love others as God requires. Why? Because God is love and his spirit dwells within us. Let's look at Matthew twenty-two thirty-six to 40. It says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with your entire mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. We are commanded to love the Lord and love one another. So why do we need to love the Lord with all our heart, soul and entire mind? You see, when our thoughts come in line with his thoughts, God's thoughts, our hearts will also come in line with his heart. And our actions will display his character. You know, when we take our thoughts captive and we bring it under the obedience of Christ, we are actually, we have the mind of Christ. When we line up our thoughts with his thoughts, 
we can experience love. And you know, when we take our thoughts captive, when we, we, we guard our hearts because our thoughts are the gatekeepers of our hearts. And when we do that, we bring our hearts and our minds in alignment with God and God is love. His will, His way, His plan for our lives. And in doing that, we are able to display His character in our actions. And His character can be summarized in one word, and that is love. And I want to read 1 John four seventeen, which says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, God is, so are we in this world. You know, part of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit is, is to help us to become like God. So we are transformed into his image daily when we submit to the Holy Spirit, when we bring our thoughts, our minds, our actions into the obedience of Christ, we are transformed into the image of God. And you know what? We cannot love without God's Spirit. We cannot be transformed without the help of the Spirit. You know, as we work out our righteousness, and righteousness is because of the Holy Spirit inside of us. You know, when we accept Jesus in our lives, we are automatically in right standing with Him. So we are called the righteousness of Christ. And we need to work out our righteousness. And our salvation, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Even though we are in right standing with God, it doesn't mean that, you know, we can carry on living the way that we want to live. No, we have to work out our righteousness. And the fruits of the Spirit, once we work out our righteousness, once we walk in obedience, line, love the Lord with all our hearts and our minds, when we when we, when our, our hearts and our minds are so lined up with his mind, with his ways, then the fruits of the Spirit will become evident in our lives. And, the, and all the fruits of the Spirit, which is kindness and gentleness and all of that, can be summed up in one word, and that is love. You know that the fruits of the Spirit is the character of Christ. And because we are transformed into his image daily by the Holy Spirit, through obedience, we are becoming more love, actually. That's the right word. You see, God is ultimate love. Um, in 1 John four sixteen to 17, it says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. By this, love is perfected. You know, the Bible says that your faith and um, God is the author and perfecter of your faith. And I just want to add that God is also the author and perfecter of love. You know, love needs to be perfected in us because that is God's character. How else will anyone know that we belong to Christ if that love is not perfected? You see, God is love, and as believers, His Spirit dwells within us. Therefore, love dwells within us. Love sets us apart from other believers. Love should be every believer's trademark. So in John 13, 35, it stipulates, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, 
if you love one another. You know, God's entire being consists of love. He is a good father and there is no evil in him. You know, I've listened to a sermon of Bill Johnson who, who said, you know, people get so confused. And he says, I just want to tell you these two things. God is good and the devil is evil. So God is a good God. He's a God of love. You know that death, sickness, destruction, war, hatred, and suffering was not God's original plan for mankind. But due to the fall, we have been exposed to many hardships. And you know, God's love to, towards us is restorative. He wants to heal us. He wants to give us hope. In James eleven seventeen, it says, Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. When we comprehend that God is a loving Father, you know, not just know it, but when we actually believe that God is good, we are able to trust in His character and know that He's not a God that's out there to punish us. Do you know how many people, they know God is good, but they don't believe God is good. You know, we know He's good, but do we really believe it? And we're always thinking that God is out to punish us. You know, I've heard people say, you know, I'm sick. God is punishing me because of something I did. No, God is good. The devil is evil. Sickness does not come from God. So in 1 John 4, 18, it says there is no fear in love. Now, this fear is connected to punishment. Now, some of some of you out there might think, you know what, I'm, I'm not that good. You know, God is not God is going to punish me. Um, you know that that we confuse with the character of God. You know, I just want to say this, you know, God came to save us. He says, I came to save the world not to punish the world. So while you are alive, while you've got breath in you, God's heart for you is to save you. It's good. You know, punishment or shall I say judgment rather, not punishment, judgment is only once we have passed on, then God's judgment will come. There's a time for judgment for everyone. But while we are here on this earth, we are under God's grace. So I want you to, to truly just understand and grasp that God is a God of love. His character is good and he doesn't want to punish you. In 1 John four eighteen, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Okay, I'm going to read it again. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not being perfected in love. In whose love? In God's love. You see, when you are fearing punishment, when you think that God's going to punish you or harm you or, um, you know, then you don't know the character of, of Christ. Then you're believing a lie. Because if you know that God is a good God, it will perfect your love. It will perfect the love that, that you will experience from him. That will be made perfect in you. Do you know that the greatest need, I believe, of all humanity 
is to be loved and not just loved, but loved and accepted. You know, unfortunately, in this world, the perception of love is so distorted by the enemy. The concept of love means different things to different people. You know, everyone consciously or subconsciously is seeking love and acceptance in many different ways. You know, love is such a powerful force in our lives because everyone has an innate sense to belong and to be loved. You know, the world out there is so lost. You know, what we are really looking for is the love of Christ. You know, sometimes there's that void. You know, he's the only one that can fill that void inside of of you and me and give us a sense of belonging. You know, God is the, the perfecter of love. He is the perfect love. And unfortunately, we we look for it in different things, different ways, different places. And yet what we're actually looking for is him because we were created for him in the first place. And only God can fill that void. Um, in 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. You know, we belong to him. We are part of his family. He is our father and we are his children. It is only in him that we find perfect love and have the desire and ability to truly love others. You know, if we don't know, if we have no idea of God's love in us, that's why it says his love needs to be perfected in us. When we grasp that unconditional love that Jesus has for us, then only we truly will be able to love others. And you know what? As believers, we need to be ambassadors for Christ, ambassadors for Christ. God needs us, his children, to reveal his love to a broken world. We need to become the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, it's so great to know that God loves us. But you know, we are human beings and we need people to give us a hug. We need people on this earth to demonstrate love to us, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a family, we all need love and a tangible love, you know. So the world is looking for love in a real and tangible way. And how can we show them and demonstrate God's love to them? Only us, God himself cannot, but we can. So, I said, what does the Bible say about love? And I read it just at the beginning when I said love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. And I want to stipulate that where it says it keeps no record of wrong. And just to touch on that, so... If this is what the Bible says love is, love is patient, love is kind, love is envy, and God is love, then all of this is God's character. And, you know, as I'm just reading through it now, um, you know, what comes to mind is love keeps no record of wrong. You know, when God says he forgives your sins and he takes it from you as far as the east is from the west, and he says 
He remembers it no longer. And isn't this so beautiful that even in, in this whole description of love, which is actually God, it says it keeps no record of wrong. So when we operate in love, we become Christ-like. We become his character. We become an ambassador for him on this earth. And you know what? Love is not a feeling. You know, sometimes when you meet someone, you're in love and that's an emotion. But this love of God is action. Love is an action. You don't have to feel love to act in love. You see, when we read Corinthians 13, we can clearly see that love is not based on emotion, but a decision to choose to do what is right. You know, if someone told you that they loved you, say for instance, your husband said, I love you, but he never hugs you. He never gives you a compliment. Um, he's not kind to you. Would you believe him? No. He can say he loves you. But if it's not demonstrated to you, how would you experience that love? So therefore, love is not just a, it's not words, it's not a clinging symbol. Um, love is a choice, it's an action. And in John 14, 15, the Lord says, if you love me, you will obey me. You know, so many times we say, Lord, I love you. You know, I love you, Lord. And then God says, but I want you to do X, Y, and Z, then we say, you know what, God, I don't think I'm going to do that right now, but I love you. <laughs> you know, it's like having children who tell you all the time, I love you, mom, but when you ask them to do something, they don't do it. And sooner or later, you're going to get fed up with them and you're going to say, stop telling me how much you love me, go and clean your room or do what I've asked you to do. And I believe that is exactly how God feels when we disobey him, because God experiences love, our love, through us being obedient to him. And being obedient is an action. Therefore, love is an action. You know, sometimes as humans, it's so hard for us to love our enemies. But the word of God says to love your enemies. You know why? Why must we love our enemies? Because love is a choice. So love also requires that we love our enemies. even non-believers you know our enemies could be people that um you know really go out of the way to hurt us or persecute us but then there's also people that don't believe in jesus and they are non-believers you see why do we need to love them because god loves the non-believer just as much as he loves the believer you know god loves us equally you know god's heart is for the lost he says, I didn't come to yield those who are um, yield, but those who are sick. You see, God's heart is for the lost. And that is why he sent his only begotten son so that none of us would perish, but all will have eternal life. You see, God is not a respecter of persons and neither should we be. You know, if God came for the sinner, why do we hate the sinners? We shouldn't. We should love them because we are his hands and feet. So Matthew 5, 44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that spitefully use you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. 
You see, when we choose to do what's right, despite our feelings, we are choosing to love. And God will reward us. You know, sometimes when someone's horrible to you, and you really just want to slap them or do something, but when you deliberately choose to do what's right, you know how that pleases God's heart? Because it's self-sacrificial. And that is what God did. It was self-sacrificial. And I just want to read the scripture in Luke 6, 31, 32, that says, And just as you want men to do unto you, you also need to do to them likewise. If you love those who only love you, what credit is it to you? Because even sinners love those who love them. You know, sinners, people that don't believe in God, they love people who love them. And if we do the same, what makes us so different? What makes us different is that we go out of our way to love those who do not love us. You see, consistent love can melt the hardest of hearts. It can yield the winds of the broken hearted. It can quiet the fears of an anxious person. And it can turn the lost and the hopeless towards Jesus. Why? Because it says love never fails. So I just want to read one or two other scriptures where it says um, to love your enemies. In Luke 6.35 it says, But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you'll be the children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. It says here also in Matthew five forty three to 48, it says, You have heard that it is what it says. Sorry, let me repeat that. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, and I repeat, actually repeating this, what reward will it get you? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? What is setting you apart? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I just want to read two more scriptures here on loving your enemies. In Romans 12, 20 to 21, it says, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I just want to mention this scripture to me because it's so powerful. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do you know when you do good to those who are not good to you, you are actually doing spiritual warfare. You are bringing the kingdom of God in places where it's evil. You are ministering to them without even saying a word. So isn't that so beautiful? So let's take a short break. And then we'll go and continue on the whole chapter of love.
If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, this is Alana Welly for you with my program called Body Matters. And I'm chatting about love. What does the Word of God say about love? So I've touched on that God is love and that the Word of God says that we should love our enemies as, um, you know, as we love ourselves, that we should love the Lord our God. And I want to talk about clothing ourselves with love. You know, as Christians, we need to clothe ourselves in love every day and strive to grow and mature in Christ. You see, so that his love will flow in us and through us, so that we may be perfected in his love. And I want to emphasize on 1 John four seventeen that says, By this love, which is God's love, perfected within us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. You know, the scripture is so powerful. It stipulates that we are like God himself in this world when his love is perfected in us. As he is, so are we in this world. You see, when we manifest the fruits of love in our lives, we become the true reflection of the character of Christ. And I know I've repeated this before, but let's look at some of the scriptures. Um, in Corinthians sixteen fourteen, it says, let all that you do be done in love. Why? Because love is the foundation of our Christian walk. In Colossians three fourteen, it says, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony put on love put on love like you put on your clothes like you put on the armor of god put on love and in 1 corinthians thirteen thirteen, it says so now faith hope and love abide these three but the greatest is love and i know i'm repeating some of these scriptures but these are so powerful just to think about them and meditate on them on them in John fifteen thirteen it says, Greater love is no one than this, that someone who lays down his life for his friend. One Corinthians thirteen four to seven, which we've read, it says love is patient and kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. You know, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. In one John four eight it says, Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. In 1 Peter 4, 8, it says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sin. And remember what I said, if God forgives us of our sins and remembers them no longer, then who are we to keep a grudge against anyone else? And the word of God says in his prayer, it says, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So love covers a multitude of sin. It says, let all that you do be done in love. 1 Corinthians sixteen fourteen. It says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And you know what? I'm repeating a lot of these scriptures, but these scriptures are so powerful, as I said earlier on. And I mean, the most beautiful is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have 
eternal life. And then the greatest commandment. And you know what? God is such an awesome God. He's such a good God. He's such a, a God of love. And I just want to pray for you this morning. Before I end off, um, I just want to pray for you. And Father God, I, I just want to pray for everyone out there today who doesn't know you as a loving father. I pray, Father, that you will touch their hearts, that they may experience your love like never before. Father, those people are out there who feel so lost and so empty inside, Father. I pray that you will fill that void inside of them. I pray, as your word says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I pray for every listener. I pray that the Lord will fill you with his love, that you may experience his love like never before, that God will become your first love again. You know, some of you have forsaken God, but today I want to ask if you have forsaken God, if he is not your first love anymore, and today you want to ask God just to come and and fill himself in you again through his Holy Spirit, then I just want you to repeat after me, Father God, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Today I want to accept you as Lord and God over my life. Today I want to experience your love like never before. Father God, today I want you to be my first love from now onwards. Thank you that I belong to you. Thank you that I'm a child of the living God. Thank you that you died and rose again. Thank you that you send your beloved son Jesus so that I would not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer and you believe that Jesus rose and died on the cross, then you are a child of God. Draw near to him. Ask God to fill you with his love, with his peace, with his joy, that you may experience him as a loving father. In Jesus' name, amen. So unfortunately, this is the end of the program. And if you've enjoyed it, please let us know at Radio K Pulpit. But I hope to meet again with you next Saturday at the same time. From me, Alana Willie, for you. Have a blessed and beautiful week. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.